What's up? Welcome back to Debating Metal. I'm Kenneth Dean, the Dean of Metal, along with my co-host Chris Kay. And this week we have another head-to-head for you with new wave of American heavy metal veterans Shadows Fall. With seven studio albums to their credit, we're going to pit two of this Boston band's finest albums against each other. We're going song for song, solo for solo, with 2004's War Within versus 2009's Retribution to see which album is better. So remember, if you like what you hear today, click on the subscribe button and we'll give you a new episode each week so you can hear our opinions on some of your favorite metal bands. Well, this week it's Shadows Fall and... Chris, I know you're not a big fan of metalcore, so I know this I must not. have been torturous for you. It it wasn't um, it wasn't that bad, um, and I'm gonna be try I'm gonna try to be as objective as possible, and not just put in my. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna have my opinion. That's that's just it, what it is. You're but, not allowed to have an opinion. Uh, that's that's a good good thing. I mean that that is considering this is an opinion in show. today's society. Um, but um, at the same time, like I'm gonna be try try to be objective and and see it from a you know open perspective. <laughs> sure, you are. I, I I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> All right. Well. Um. Shadows Fall, okay, so I I kind of came into liking Shadows Fall in a, in a couple different ways. Um, I started working at the music store again back in 2004, and this, that's when The War Within came out. And um, so we had these um, end caps on the, on the ends of the aisles, and they kept putting this album, The War Within, on the end cap. And I'm like, who is this? And then we started playing promotional CDs, and the promotional CDs that are that are that the store gets for from different labels and stuff like that. Sometimes it, you get the album from the band, or sometimes you get um, something from the label that has several different songs from different artists. And in this particular case, it would have been Century Media, but we actually got a CD that was kind of like put together uh, by different companies. And they had all sorts of eclectic songs from like, you know, easy listening to to rap, to hard rock, to metal. And th- the song that they had on there, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was What Drives the Weak and from, this, from The War Within. And it was just, I, I, it caught my attention. And then I said, well, you know what, the hell with this. I'm just going to open one up and listen to it while I'm, you know, in between, you know, closing duties. And I, I thought it was pretty good, but I, I, I couldn't at the time uh, deal with some of the vocals. I still wasn't there yet, but I, there was a lot of stuff about this album that really, really, really caught my attention. So uh, that's how I came to like Shadows Fall, and then I, I went to see them. I, I went to see Ozfest, and they were on Ozfest. So I was like, "That's just this is pretty cool." And they just they were they were great on stage, and I've seen them a couple times, so that was pretty cool thing. The one thing I really really like about Shadows Fall, and I don't know if you caught any of this while you were listening to it, but they're very very influenced by eighties metal, uh, and it, it shows all over their playing. I have some notes on that actually. Okay, 
So um, yeah, th- yeah, I mean, I can I can hear some definite influences from various sources, and um, there were so- a couple things I caught and picked up on from the band's style that it kind of also clued me into one a, a, a f- couple reasons I don't like metalcore. So I. I I thought that was interesting that it, kind of analyzing this made me go, oh, I kind of get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've never found them to be like the other metalcore bands. They're um, not. It, but, they're, they're, but they're like a proto-metalcore band in a way. Like, in, And there's some notes on that as we're talking about this as well. Um, but there's some... Um, early elements of metalcore that I think bands were inspired by them and then they in turn were inspired by the people they inspired. Oh, okay. It I get that. I mean, that it happens, happens all the time. Music. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they weren't, they, they weren't like their genre mates for the most part. You know, like I can't sit there and say that other than I would say maybe drumming styles, there's there to me there's no comparison to Lamb of God. Okay. Um there was a to me they had a lot of comparison to God forbid, um, who was out at the same time because God forbid was also very eighties influenced and did a lot of like their their songs sounded like they were eighties metal song and then all of a sudden he starts singing and it's this brutal you know, growl. I'm like, well that's not eighties, but it's pretty cool sounding, you know. So it, it was. It was one of those things. That, that's what really caught my attention about Shadows Fall, um, and definitely much more melodic than your typical metalcore band. Um, so, it, and for me, it's unfortunate that they 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 got signed to Atlantic after the success of the War Within, and they ended up putting out an album called Fallout from the War, which was kind of leftovers. Uh, and it was kind of like an album due to Century Media. And then they were signed to Atlantic. They put out their next album, uh, I believe it's Threads of Life, on Atlantic. Or it was distributed by Atlantic or something like that. But it was a major label distribution. And the album went nowhere. I think they tried too hard to, to make it accessible to some degree and mm. kind of blew it. Um. And they, I believe they got dropped right after that, or they got lost in the shuffle with, between ownership and change in management. All sorts of shit was going down. And then they ended up being back on the independent circuit. Oh, it's like, like wrestlers. Speaking <laughs> and, uh, of wrestlers. <laughs> and then, you know, they, they went back to doing what they've always done in the past, which is basically release the albums on their own. And, you know, self-finance to some degree and, and or get somebody, some distribution company to help them with it. And they did that with retribution. They did that with um, the, the fire in the sky. So it's, it's weird. Um, but we're, we're going to talk about two albums tonight, the war within and retribution. And I know you are inquiring as to why I picked these two albums and left off the one in the middle. Yeah, I mean, there's there's usually a reason why we've done that, where, like, when we've done head-to-heads with, with um, Slayer, we didn't do um, Rain and Blood against anything else because of its kind of significance and impact. And it, it's almost unfair to rate it against anything else. Even if... Even if 
say, for instance, one of our personal opinions may be that one's better or something like that, it's still it's almost unfair to rate it in that way. So I'm, I was just curious what your reasoning was for picking these two. Well, like I like I said, there was a lot of push for the War Within, and to the point where the War Within sold two hundred thousand units in two thousand four, and at that time, for an independent album from Century Media, that's that was huge. Um, so they were they were on the cusp. Isn't of, it, isn't it still Century Media's uh, biggest seller? I think it is. Yeah. Um, so you you get to something like that, and you know, then all of a sudden they signed to a major label, and actually it was kind of weird. They signed to Atlantic and Roadrunner. I believe Roadrunner was what was distributing them in the rest of the world. Atlantic was the U.S. And Atlantic, I I really believe that that sometimes they hit gold by accident. Or not, or hit pay dirt by accident on bands because there's to me they almost don't know what to do with certain artists, and yeah. in this particular case, with with um, with Shadows Fall, they didn't really know where to put them because yet they are or they are so melodic, but yet they're so heavy. You know, it's like what what category? And I I don't think Atlantic had any idea about the metalcore genre. And they just picked up this band that had sold two hundred thousand records, and it's like, oh yeah, we got we're going to get a gold record out of this. And I think they, between putting them in the studio, I don't know what happened there, but the chemistry didn't hit right. So the Threads of Life or, or Threads of Life that album is to me, in my opinion, and this is again my show, our show, my opinion, our opinion. Threads of Life to me is not as good as The War Within and is not as good as Retribution. So I, I, I personally like War Within and Retribution the most. So I said, you know what, let's put those two albums together uh, and see where, you know, where it goes. Because those two albums are also independent records as opposed to, you know, the one major label. So that's the reason why we, I chose these two records for tonight. All right. That's <laughs> so, good enough reason for me. All right. Um, so you, um, you want to go ahead and lead the war within you said yeah I mean um, I think I think I, I was gonna have you lead all of it but you know I did a lot of research so <laughs> <laughs> all right so you want to so, tell us about the album beforehand yes uh, so let's give some little uh, credits here the war within uh, was released on September 21st 2004 it was produced by Chris Zeus Harris and Shadows Fall. It was released on Century Media Records, as we've already stated, and it was recorded at Planet Z Studios in Hadley, Massachusetts. So, go for it. All right. So, one thing I, I wanted to note uh, was I listened to these albums before I kind of did any research on the band, and I realized that <laughs> that I didn't really notice that there was two singers, essentially. You have the lead vocals... And the clean vocals. So you have Brian Fair and Matt uh, Backen. Is that how you say his name? I have no idea. I always look at it as saying Bashant or Bashan. Okay, it could be. Um, Bacan. Well, you know, after after Karen and Sharon last week, you know, <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's Bacan. <laughs> it could be. So uh, anyway, so uh, it, it hit me. I was like, oh, okay, this, this that's that's the difference. Okay, so. I just wanted to put that out there that I I didn't recognize that out first. Um, 
Uh, but the album starts off with The Light That Binds. Um, it's, a, it's a nice acoustic intro, followed by a pretty good solo and a dissonant riff. That's something that uh, it becomes kind of a staple of their sound. Um, a lot of acoustic intros, um, you know, a lot of great solos. I mean, John Deny, I think, is a fantastic guitarist. Um, and then they have this approach with these kind of dissonant, kind of dark-sounding riffs. Um, the main riff is is not bad here. I, I actually kind of like it. Um, this, it switches to a more, like, singing-style growl from a death ear growl for the main chorus. Um, drumming is pretty solid. I, I do like the lyrical theme of trying to hide within what is popular and how it, it denies your true identity by just trying to fit in. Um, I think that's kind of a running theme in, in some of the stuff. Maybe that's where the war within comes from. Obviously there's, there's the song later eternity is within, but, um, you know, that, that is that like struggle that I think a lot of people deal with is trying to fit into society, not always feeling comfortable with themselves and hiding a bit of themselves just to fit in. So pretty, pretty good topic there. Um, and um, I got to say the second solo in dual harmony is really the highlight of the song for me. This song, when I first heard it, um, the first time I really listened to besides, besides just, you know, throwing it into the CD player and it popping up, um, it, it really came to, to be for me when watching the, the bonus DVD that comes on the deluxe uh, version of this album. And you see Jason Bittner uh, recording his drum footage or his drum track you know you see the footage of him recording his drum track <laughs> uh, on the video and it's super cool to see that and then he goes in and he breaks it down now this is a pretty i mean there's spots of this song that are pretty quick and he breaks it down full speed and then he goes oh let me go half speed and half speed is like the normal speed for most people <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but then he breaks it down and that's like this is just amazing to me i was just blown away um so I, that's where i really this song really came to my attention and um it became one of my my favorite tracks uh on the album and and, and from shadows fall uh brian's vocals um you know it, it he's not really how to, how to explain it um you know there's you've gotten me into melodic death metal right mm -hmm. so there's death metal vocals which have the um the your harmonized vocals and your your tune your your you're really low you sound like it's a guttural really crazy you know guttural cookie monster kind of guy then there's the screaming that is very prominent in metalcore and Brian is kind of like a combination of the two and it's more like a shout like a deathy shout, a deathy there's, growl. There's something to that. There's there's like three levels in Shadows Fall where there's the there's the deeper, more guttural, deathy growl. And I'm not sure who does that. I, I'm I'm actually curious if that's is that John Denai because I see that he does backing vocals, but I don't know if he's doing clean vocals so or you, what. So when you hear like the gang vocals and the background vocals mm -hmm. uh, sing, it's the whole band, or or at least I think it's um. Uh, Matt and John do the the background vocals that sound like death gr death growls. Okay, so there's those there's the death growls, and then there's there's 
obviously Brian Fair's kind of like middle ground, and then there's mm-hmm. the clean vocals. So there's like three different levels all throughout the songs. Yeah, and and that's the, the that's the crazy thing because it's it's just so it, it's it's unique within this genre to be like that. I mean, there's there's a lot a lot of bands are, are they're doing their clean vocals and they're screaming, mm-hmm. you know, and the clean vocals sometimes uh, they're they're uh, it's not cl- they're clean they're straight up and the guy's singing. There's, there's something to this one that's almost like there's a rap to it. Yeah, there's, it's just different, mm-hmm. but I like it. Um, so, th- so Brian's vocals, you know, are more of a shout, and you can tell when it's him doing it. I mean, Jason Bittner is just playing this blistering double bass through most of the song. The guitar work on this song is awesome. You know, it, it's there's a lot to like about this song. I, I think it, you know it's got a really cool chorus. I mean, there's a hook in it, like I like to say. So, I I, I enjoy this song a lot. So there, there was something that I noticed that when I heard the the drums on this track, I was like, man, that the drums are pretty solid here. Like uh, they're they're very complex, um, and there's they're fast. But then I also there was a few songs where I was like, man, the the drums are a little basic for what this this is. I was I was a little shocked that there was this kind of discrepancy in the way that the drums were done on this particular album. And, um, I think, I I mean, I'll talk a little bit more about it as we go, but, um, I, you know, I was, I was a little surprised by it, but this was also very early in their career too. I think this was his first album, if I'm not correct. Um, I don't think so. I think this was his second. Let me double check. It's either, it's either first or second album. Yeah. It's his second because he was on, he was on the art of balance. Okay. Um, and I don't think he was on Of One Blood. Uh, he, for, no. for sure he wasn't on the first two albums. No. So, yeah. So, this was his second album. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, that takes us into the second uh, second song. I almost said second album. Um, <laughs> um, Enlightened by the Cold. And so, uh, this one kind of didn't do much for me at the beginning. I, I almost kind of wrote it off. And then and then it kind of caught me. Um there's something about this that could almost be like a a, a um, Joey Belladonna Anthrax song. Like some of the clean vocals really do actually remind me of Joey Belladonna. Um, okay, I got that. Uh, the growls are definitely better than Dan Nelson's growls, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, let me stop you for a second because I okay. just saw a note uh, that I wanted to talk about on on the light that blinds, and maybe I don't know if you picked up on this or not, but on the guitar solo, the light that blinds. I thought it was called the light that binds. Is it binds? No, it's blinds. The light that blinds. Really? Then it's miss. Then that's miss. Uh, there's a couple typos in the the um, YouTube music titles on this album. Then. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, it's blinds. It says the light that binds. There's another typo. <laughs> it says the act of contriction. And I was like, what the hell is contriction? Oh, wow. They're freaking bad. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that makes more sense. The light that blinds. Thanks, YouTube music. <laughs> yeah, art, the act of contrition. No, I, 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 I figured that one out. Like whatever contriction, jeez. 
Yeah, I was like, you th- now you you had me confused for a second. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's blinds. Yeah, but um, anyhow, on that song, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry to go back to that song, but part of the guitar solo had a very Iron Maiden esque feel to it. And I don't know if you caught that or not. A little bit of that late yeah, into the, the se- solo. You're talking on the second solo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and they have I the dual I, harmony, it, which is very Iron Maiden esque. Right, exactly. That that's where uh, I picked up on some Iron Maiden stuff there. All right, so let's go back to "Enlightened by the Coal." The coal, the, the coal, the cold. <laughs> we just call Wait, none of, of these song down. titles are what they say they are. <laughs> um, right. Okay, so yeah, I mean, basically, I, I left off, you know, kind of dogging Dan Nelson again, which is fun. Yes, um, yeah, which is always fun. <laughs> um, so the solo is decent, but it's way too short on this song. Like it just—it's like a—it's like a trickle, you know. <laughs> it doesn't—it doesn't give Dude, you enough. The cell, the solo is ten seconds it's long. Ten seconds. That's ten seconds. Way too short. One. It goes from like, was it two fifty three or one fifty three to to? It goes from forty three to fifty three. Uh-huh. Whatever minute they're in, and I was like, "What is that? Ten it's seconds? It's not enough." <laughs> but it's so good. It, I know, That's, but come on, ten <laughs> seconds. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually like the clean vocal sections more than I like the more typical metalcore riffs in this song. There's something um, a little more melodic there that I enjoyed. Okay, I, 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 I think this song is really cool. Um, I didn't. Again, it was one of those things I didn't appreciate it at first, and not because. I didn't pay attention to it, but because this, I, I had to get used to this style of music. I knew that I could no longer just sit here and be be someone who liked new metal. I couldn't be someone who liked old. You know, it's a funny thing I say that old metal, <laughs> uh, and that by new metal I meant NU. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it was one of those things where I felt like I was starting to to get stale in the music that I was listening to, and. Um, you know, I, I got to the point, you know, the next year, um, I was, I was working and I was no longer working at the record store, but I got to go to Ozfest again. Uh, and I really in, began to enjoy these bands. Um, I went with, uh, my girlfriend at the time who is now my wife. Um, we went there, we enjoyed ourselves. We, we got there at the minute they opened and we were there till the minute they closed. So it was a long day for us. And it was just, just absorbing all this. I, I, I realized this is a good band and, and this music is, is what's going on right now to, to find out that they were the new wave of American heavy metal was pretty cool because they, they, you know, played on that whole thing from new album and a new wave of British heavy metal. So, this song just stands out to me because even though it kind of like I, I get I get what you're saying it has that the, in the verse that part of metalcore you don't like too much which is kind of a little bit of a start stop on the mm. guitars and the drums and all that um, but then yes there's a clean pre-chorus and then it's got a really catchy chorus uh, especially the, the the last line where they repeat enlightened by the cold and they go up like another pitch yeah so it's really cool uh, I think the song is really really cool um, I to me, I don't think they pushed this song enough when it came time to um, putting out singles. 
Because I know they put, you know, what drives a week and then they put uh, inspiration on demand as their second single. But this could have easily been a single for them. I think I think it, its only downside is the the intro section of the song is just not that strong. Whereas the, the two that actually were listed as singles have kind of like uh, they catch you from the beginning. So th- That's true. Some, I get that. There's some great songs that they they're they're really enjoyable and when you're a fan of a band they um you know they they stick with you but they don't necessarily have that punch at the beginning or or something that really sets them apart and i think maybe the record company probably was like well let's let's go with these instead because they you know what drives the week i get why it's a it's a single but we'll get there so um we're going to go uh, into track three, Act of Contriction, or <laughs> <laughs> or Act of Contrition, as it's supposed to be. Um, so the dual guitar riffs are definitely the best aspect here. Um, you know, I, me being a fan of, of that kind of style of playing, I uh, it's going to, uh, you know, appeal to me a little more than some of the other stuff. Uh, the solo really is on this particular song, the saving grace for me, uh, towards the three minute mark, the, the song ends and then just starts again. Not really sure why. Um, I know why, you know, the bands will do that with their writing sometimes, but it just doesn't feel like it makes a lot of sense on this particular song. Um, I honestly, like if you ended it with that abrupt ending, I think it would be even better. I, I actually kind of like that rather than it, it's like return of the King where you think the movie ends and then it starts again. so this one didn't do a lot for me solos are pretty awesome um and i liked that kind of abrupt ending before they just started the song again yeah you know when i when i hear that abrupt ending i'm always listening for the intro to what drives the week Mm -hmm. so i'm like oh no it's still on yeah and it so it does throw me off but at the same time, it's still a pretty decent song. I mean, it, it, heavy riff, double bass intro, like you 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 talked about. Uh, chorus is split between the clean and dirty vocals. Um, again, I mean, it's 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 can't be said enough how good John Deny and Matt Bachand are, especially how they play off each other. I mean, they have a really great relationship as two guitar players in a band, much similar to like you know, Murray and Smith and, and Downing and Tipton, you know, they have that kind of relationship. And and Matt himself is a pretty, pretty well-versed guitar player because he also, I mean, he left, well, when, when Shallows Fall kind of, they didn't split up, they kind of went their separate ways and they kind of just put the band on hold. They, um, um, John, obviously, uh, many people know he joined Anthrax. He was asked to join Anthrax. And then... Um, I think he fits in very well. Oh, yeah. And then Matt um, ended up joining a band that was led by the... Uh, God, I can't remember who it was. But anyway, he, he plays bass. Uh, he's in the same band with the, with the guitar player... Uh, what's his name from Megadeth? Uh, Chris, Chris Broderick. Oh, he joined a band with Chris Broderick, and um, and he's he's playing bass for them. And I don't think they really play much anymore. But Mm. that you know, and then Matt. Now I think Matt and John are in a band again, a separate band, 
and they're playing guitar again. So it's you know, and of course, Shadows Fall reunited last year, and they have some dates planned for this year as well. So, um, so yeah, so their their relationship is great. Their guitar soloing through all these songs and all and both these albums are excellent. So it's it's going to be repeated over and over again throughout this this episode how good they are. So absolutely, there you go. They, they've. Uh, I was I was very surprised. Um, how much I enjoyed a lot of these solos. Um, so track four is the first single off the album. Um, and it's, it's a pretty cool opening riff. You know, it's, uh, it, it's one that catches your attention, which I can see why it's the, it's the single. Um, it was nominated for a Grammy, but it did lose to Slipknot's before I forget. And I have forgotten what that song is. So I, before I forget, yeah, I forgot. Before I forget, <laughs> um, I, I I like before I forget. That's a really good song. I'm sure so. at some point we'll have to do Slipknot. Um, we will. We will be getting to Slipknot eventually, <sighs> much to your dismay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the softer section of this song is very very mid 2000s. I I was transported back to high school. Um, <laughs> It, it's <laughs> is all, that good or bad? A uh, little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. Um, it, it's you know it's odd how Brian Fair's vocals can hit this kind of like very grungy Nirvana esque sound at times. Like he he actually had some phrasing that made me remind me uh, made me remind me. What does that even mean? That reminded me of of uh, Kurt Cobain. A little bit. It was it was interesting. Um, so he has definitely some dimension to his voice. He can do some some different things with his voice, which is always impressive. And uh, the only thing is this this solo was one of the most underwhelming solos on the album to me. Uh, it was almost like this song was made for airplay, and it just it it didn't do it for me like some of the other tracks did but i get why it was this the uh single and also there was a lot of zach wild pinch harmonics on this track oh yes yes um but they do it a lot too they they play a lot of pinch harmonics they do Um, but there's some songs that are more full of it than others so you're you're talking about what drives the week yes right okay because um i'll talk about pinch harmonics in in a so oh, there's a couple, up. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, for for what drives weak, I like you know it's got a to me it's got a really catchy chorus. Um, I like the interplay between the heavy rough riffs and then the soft pre-chorus interludes th- that go on throughout the song. So mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool. And I can see maybe you not enjoying the metalcore breakdown part that's you know around the three minute mark. It, um, you know that's that's all personal preference. It's neither here nor there. I like I get why. This is a, a single, though, like for right. sure. And and it's weird because to me, I like the solo because the solo to me is is very melodic, and I thought it was very thoughtful. Um, I think it's thought out, where you don't seem to to agree with that opinion. So it's it's strange how we can interpret uh, the same song two different ways. Yeah, it something about this solo just didn't didn't really resonate with me compared to some of the others. It was definitely better than than you know the 10 second solo before but but that was only just ba- based on longevity <laughs> yeah because the 10 second solo was pretty cool it was cool but it was like where'd it go yeah exactly 
<laughs> it's like somebody just comes in and wee, 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 and they're, they're gone. Like, what? what? <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> um, okay. Well, that, you know, again, like, it's it's de- it's made for being a single. So I get it. Um, but that takes us into track five, Stillness. Uh, I really like the harmony at the beginning. Um, it has a little bit darker tone to it. Uh, although it's kind of a forgettable track for me, it, it does have one of the strongest solos on the album. Not the strongest, but pretty close. And I really liked this one. Um, that first, uh, like I've, I like the riff of the first part of the solo, and then it kind of just rips. It goes from there, and it's a long one. It, it's like a minute of a nearly five-minute song, so all the solo that was missing earlier <laughs> was found here. <laughs> oh, this is where we got it. Oh, sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's an awesome solo. It's like a whole minute long. It's great. Yeah, uh, this, this song, it, what this song does for me at the beginning, it reminds me of Queensryche. There's something about it yes, at the beginning yes, of the song reminds me of Queensryche. That. And, of course, that only lasts about 44 seconds. And then it goes into some seriously heavy riffing. But in the middle of the heavy riffing, you have those pinch harmonics. You know, you just like someone stepping on a mouse and just squeaking. <laughs> um, but it, it, it is... It, it, it's not bad, in my opinion. It's just, it's just no, very noticeable. Yeah. On no, that. And it, it just. Um, this, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was I was just gonna say that the song is pretty much mostly just very straightforward metal song, except when it hits the chorus. That was kind of what I was gonna say. It's like it it's it is what it is. You know, it doesn't it doesn't explore a lot. It just stays kind of there. Right. Which is unusual for them because they're usually they're usually in a, in a lot of different places throughout the song. I think that's where the name of the song came from. <laughs> Stillness, you know. Uh, so, so that takes us to track six, "Inspiration on Demand." Uh, this was the second single off the album, and I, you know, I didn't know what to think of this track. To be honest, it, it kind of gives me a bit of whiplash with its ideas. Like it starts off. Nicely enough with an almost like Gothenburg style riff, which was really cool. Then it just like immediately pops into a, a soft section. It like it doesn't it doesn't breathe with its ideas. It's just like here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea. It's it <laughs> you know, and so it's it goes into the from Gothenburg to soft to this almost Pink Floyd esque lyrics, you know, and then it just speeds off on the main riff, and I'm just like, where what 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 are you doing? um it doesn't it never just like takes a minute to repeat itself you know like testament um the night of the witch Mm -hmm. the song that you like you always say like i wish this repeated right here right that's that's how i felt about this song where it was and and maybe that's where the title comes from, inspiration on demand, because it's like, oh, here's an idea, here's an idea, here's an idea, you know, it, it, it just just <laughs> settle down and play this through, and it, I, it would be a much more enjoyable song. Like if they repeated some of these parts a couple times. Yeah, if they threw in a measure here to just kind of let it breathe. Mm-hmm. That's that yeah. was how I felt about it. Was it was just too much, too fast. And it burned out too fast for me. 
for for me the song i mean it's got a heavy riff to start off the song and then you know it has you know some harmony guitars that kind of give away to that slow verse mm-hmm. and it gives it away it gives way to the slow verse very fast like you say the the one thing about this song is weird is that for all of brian's singing that he does on other songs in the in the in the clean vocals and and the high pitch that he can he can achieve mm-hmm. he's almost in, in, in the slow parts of the song, it's almost like talking, but at the same time, as he's talking, he's trying to sing, and it almost comes across as he doesn't really know how to sing, and that all the other stuff has to happen for him to be the vocalist. It's, you know what I'm saying? Yes, and I, I actually have another note about that. He So, little known fact... Brian recorded all of the singing parts in this song inside of a tin can. That's not true at all, but that's the way it sounds. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He stuffed himself into a tin can and sang it. it. It sounds like, you know how like we kind of rip on black metal for the way that they do the lo-fi recording and everything. Mm-hmm. They it, it there are parts of the song where it sounds like he did the same thing. He did a lo-fi recording and it's a little bit out of tune. And right, that's his 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 he he hits vocally, he hits wrong notes. Yes. And, and I, I saw I found it unusual that they left it in there like that. But I think it was on purpose, but I don't know why. So the, this particular track, just if I was going to rate any of them, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to rate them accordingly. And if I would say like the best that I've heard so far is like an eight, maybe or a seven over ten. In my opinion, this was like a three. I don't know. Didn't do it for me at all. Yeah, I I didn't see why this was the single or the second single. Like I said, I even though, you know. You understood why, you know, for certain reasons. Even the the fact that um, that uh, what song was it that we did this? Oh, uh, enlightened by, by, by the cold. Yeah. Even though it it doesn't start off. Yeah, it would be a better single than this one. It would I think it would have been a much better single. Yeah. But you know, the the chorus. So getting back to his voice, you know, the chorus has you know goes back. With some dirty vocals and some clean highlights, that part is where he where he shines, where he goes through his normal routine. There, um, there are good parts of the song. Don't get me wrong. I, mean, I, just, I like the solo on this a lot. Yeah, on this song. I mean, I think the solo is really good. And then there's parts of his sound to me, and I think this is throughout the whole album, where where Matt and John, Jai, Matt and John almost kind of double. The, the 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 solos yeah they're both playing the same thing and not necessarily in harmony because typically when in harmony one guy is playing a different um key or different um, well not, not different key but yeah he's not playing a key, he's yeah. playing a different uh um what the hell is that term called octave octave there you go Jesus. you know but <laughs> In, in in some cases, sometimes the guitars allow themselves to be played. Like when Metallica play harmony solos together, it's more about, you know, one's playing, well, like I guess they are playing an octave. One's playing a little bit lower, but they're both playing in an upper register, just one a little higher than the other. But this almost sounds like they doubled it. So they're both playing the same exact solo at the same exact notes and the same exact position in the guitar. That's the way it sounds to me. 
Uh, it, so it's not necessarily harmony, but it's it's doubled yeah, sounding. It can be effective. No, and it is because you listen to it, you hear it throughout the album, all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it sounds cool. Um, it's just it's just different, and and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. So that leads us to track seven, the power of I and I, or one and one, no Roman numerals. I, <laughs> I wasn't quite sure. Um, it's you know it's not a bad track. It's got a little bit harsher vocals throughout. You know we get halfway without any cleaner vocals, which is cool. I like that. Um, with you know the kind of in between harsh vocals and clean vocals right before the solo, I was totally good with this track. I actually liked it. Um, you know, it's it's. I liked that it was a more consistent growl throughout, and it wasn't changing back and forth. Um, and you know, they didn't have any just straight up singing sections, which I liked too. Um, it was one that I enjoyed more than most. So maybe maybe one of my favorites on the album. Um, I wish the drums were a little more bombastic on this particular track though. This is, this is the one where I, I when, when I mentioned earlier that some of the drums were kind of basic, I was shocked by how basic the drums were on this track. Okay. I, I get that. Um, it, this, I, I like the song. I like this song a lot because of the chorus. Uh, I enjoy that the part, this song. Yeah, it's a good me- chorus. This makes this song makes me sing ugly. <laughs> yeah. You know, like you 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 want to sing that the power of R&R. You want that low growl and you just feel it and you get that ugly face when you're singing. And I really like this part of that song. <laughs> uh, so I enjoy this song a lot. Um, and you know, what can I say? It's it to me. It's it's like semi brutal in the riffing. Um, but it's the guitar work around the riffing that that kind of softens it. It's kind of weird to to say it that way. Yeah, it was one thing about metalcore is it's a lot and it's very often vocally driven, like vocally uh, rhythm pattern driven, mm-hmm. and yeah. a lot of what is going on with the vocals will be matched by the guitars. Or the rhythm section, like they do the same kind of like da 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 da, you know, like something like that, where everything's the kind of the same. Mm-hmm. And yeah. this this particular track was not like that, where it was there was there was multiple parts going on where um, everybody had a part to play, and and uh, without it, it wouldn't be as unique, I guess. Right. So it was and- it was varied. Yes, it was. It was, and I liked the solo on this a lot. Mm-hmm. I thought it was another well thought out solo. I think that's that's something that can be said for most of the solos on the, this album. Honestly, yes, I was very absolutely. very impressed by the solos. Um, so track eight is "Ghosts of Past Failures." So this is another track with some similar ideas to Gothenburg death metal. Uh, it has a nice intro and main riff. I did not mind the clean vocals here at all as they were a little bit so i'm going to i'm going to say this like some metalcore has a whiny vocal sound to it and that's kind of the appeal like people like that kind of there's the screamo stuff yeah the the leftover emo kids yeah and so that's i i can't take that stuff it just for me it never resonated with me 
Um, it became very popular. I enjoy what you enjoy. Don't I, I never say anything different, but it just doesn't work for me. But I like that the the clean vocals in this album specifically um, are not very. They're 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 like straight up. They're just singing. They're not whiny. There's no like uh, pitch changes at the end of phrasing stuff like that. I I I liked it. So the the softer transition. Uh, between the main riff and the solo section was a cool lead in to another good solo and harmony follow up. I thought it was a great song. I like this song. This, this song really um, uh, is is got back on my radar after not hearing the album for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Um, I mean, it's got some really nice chugging guitars in the latter part of the verses. So I, I like that. Um, and the chorus is kind of weird. The chorus almost kind of call and response type. Uh, and it's very catchy. Um, so I, I like that part about it. Um, you know, the song slows down I, somewhere I can, in the middle there. Yeah, I can get that, what you're saying. But it's it's not straight up call and response. No, it's not straight up call and response. But there's a part where you can see, you can almost see the audience responding. Yeah, and then, I get you know, that. To, to that. So it, it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was intentional to be a call and response type thing. I just no, think there's there's a song on the next album that definitely is intentional that way, and that it's <laughs> it's worlds apart in that re- regard. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this song also has one of the longer solos on the album, and that that ends with the harmony part, and that's real uh, prevalent part yes. of the beginning of the song. So I, that, that's that's the cool part of this song. It's, I like this. Yeah, song. tied in to be. It tied in well from the beginning to end. It was it was well done. Yeah, you know, this track is definitely to me one of the, the highlights on the album. Uh, number nine is "Eternity Is Within." Um, it's got a thrashier intro with heavier drums, uh, so kind of back to some of the stuff we heard, like say with "The Light That Blinds." Uh, very very good drums on this track, and again has some of those kind of Joey Belladonna esque moments. It's it's an all right one, um, though. There's uh, you know it's it's like it feels like a track nine, you know. It's yeah, it, it's kind of forgettable. Um, it feels like padding this far into the album, and it has a lot of the metalcore tropes that would come in the future. They're just it's almost like proto metalcore, you know. It's it's got the smattering of harsh vocals. I mean, smattering of of clean vocals within the harsh vocals it's got an early version of a breakdown at the two minute mark followed by really what could be considered another breakdown um so for at least like two it's got it's got like like two proto breakdowns so you can see like if you look at this in retrospect you can see how the ideas here really developed in the metalcore because there is a lot of thrash in this, there's ideas from other genres of metal. They probably got some influence from some of these bands from Scandinavia and stuff like that. And and you can feel like this is what metalcore is going to develop into or, or de- develop from, I guess I should say. But it's not quite there yet. There's just there's these ideas in there. And, you know, the last solos are really, really good one. And, you know, the. What it's the most dynamic part of the track. It it almost feels like it doesn't belong in the track because it is so much, kind of like a cut above everything else that's going on. 
you know, this song um, for me was kind of filler. Uh, yeah. It's not one of my favorite tracks in the album. It's a, I mean, it's a quick paced song. Got a lot of metalcore elements, um, but it just to me was not very memorable, and and uh, I just kind of skip over it most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. All right, so that takes us to the final track of the album, "Those Who Cannot Speak." Um, what's kind of cool about this one is it's a song written uh, for Brian Fair's autistic niece and nephew and how he had to learn to kind of be accustomed to their learning disabilities. Uh, this has the one of the better riffs on the album and at moments some more guttural vocals. So this is kind of what I was talking about like who, uh, when I was asking who was doing those guttural vocals because it's it's clearly different. You know, than mm-hmm. just the main vocals from from uh, Brian Fair. Um, you know, it's a good closer. I thought it was a, a good final track on the album. It, it's yeah, it's definitely the final track in the album. Um, and you know, I like the acoustic intro that, that that starts the song. You know, goes into the forty five second mark, and then it, you know, some heavy riffs and some soloing kind of take over the song at that point. There's a lot of guitar work going on in the song. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of different things going on. And I like that, you know, because it's it's layered. Layered songs to me, um, some can be really good. Some can be horrible. Um, but usually when they're done right, um, they're they're pretty good songs. And I think in this particular case, it's done well. It's not necessarily a, the best song on the album, but it is done well, and, and I like the guitar work. And the reason why is because these two guitar players are just so good at what they do. And they're very thoughtful. I mean, I, I don't. they don't just chug to chug. They don't just solo to solo. They don't just throw a million notes out there. They really do think about, you know, is this solo, is this solo going to be more melodic if it's slower? Is it going to be, is it going to lead, is it going to do right by the song if I do it this way? And I think that's what they think about a lot when it comes to these songs. And so I, I agree with you. The only exception I would, I would say it didn't quite feel that way was on eternity is within where i just felt like the solo outclassed the song itself but right but and, and that's and that that's a you know a, a testament to their solo exactly it's unfortunately it's like well this song's might as well just shred it here <laughs> gotta make up for the rest of it um, exactly and not saying it was a terrible song or anything but at the same time it just that solo was that much better so in conclusion, um, you know, it, it this definitely feels like, like I said, a proto-metalcore album. It's it's not metalcore, but you can see the band is transitioning from their early death metal sound to this, this you know, what they are now. And um, there is, there's a lot of good ideas here. Um, you know, it's, it's not my taste. But that being said, I did enjoy it more than I thought it would. Well, that's good. I'm glad I was able to uh, enlighten you by the cold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, No, I I mean... I'm less blinded by the light. (laughs) Okay, Bruce. (laughs) No, that's the first track of my album. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's right. The light that blinds. <laughs> I, just, I just thought you were trying to be like, you know, uh, <clears throat> Bruce Springsteen. Anyway, <laughs> we regress. Um, I 
like I said, I really, really enjoyed this album. It, 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 it was my first uh, experience with Shadows Fall, and it turned me into a fan. And, and for any band, that's what you try to accomplish with an album. If a person hasn't heard the album and they, they hear it for the first time, it, you, you want them to become a fan, and that's what happened with me. I really became a fan with this. You know, you know what my first uh, experience with Shadows Fall was? What's that? Rob Van Dam's theme song from like 2006. Mm-hmm. They had they released an album. Uh, WWE released an album called like Retro. Retribution. It was Reckless Intent, I think. Okay. And my sister collected all of those, like every WWE album up to that point. Um, and so that song was on it, and he used that as his theme song for a while. But I didn't know who. Rob Van Dam. No, it, but what song was it? It was it was a remix of his theme song, like his old, um, you know, theme song that he used to use. Shadows oh, okay. Fall did a version of it where they added vocals to it. And oh, okay, Fury it, of the Storm. Yeah, it That's was the song. So basically, they took whatever I think maybe Jim Johnson wrote it or something. They took whatever riff was there and they they added their take on it. Oh, this was gotcha. before they started just using licensed music. Which okay. is which is why you probably can't find it online. Right, right. Okay. I gotcha. Well, for you know, for me, like I said, this this album was my first exposure. I enjoyed it. I became a fan and you know, I started getting all their music. We, oddly enough though, I never went back and got the the two previous albums. Now I've listened to them, um, and I do like the art of balance much more than I like the first album. Um, but, uh, it's, they still haven't really, uh, sunk my teeth into those albums at all, especially the first one. Cause it's not, Brian's not on that one. Um, and neither is Jason, but, uh, on of one blood, which is the second album. I know Brian's singing on that and there's, there's, uh, there's one song on there that I like a lot. I'm trying to think which, which I one like the is. first drummer though. He's really good. Oh, Dave Germain, yeah, he's pretty. Yeah. He's pretty good. I mean, all, I mean, you got to be pretty decent to play in this genre, that's for sure. Yeah, um, I think "Of One Blood" is the one is the one song that I do like. Um, yeah, that's I believe that's it. But <laughs> I don't, I don't know exactly because it's I like I don't listen to this that, that often, so I think that's the song. I, I, the way you said it though was, uh, you know, that's <laughs> that's it. That's all I like. But it, it may be just that you haven't listened. That's to That's the it only enough. song I know on the <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to Retribution. Um, Retribution uh, was uh, came out September fifteenth, two thousand nine. So you're talking five years after. Um, the War Within, and it was basically the second studio album after War Within, but the third release because they did release Fallout from the War, which was some leftover songs, a couple cover songs, as well as um, some. Um, I, I think it was a, there was a couple new songs in there that were just kind of left over from sessions that uh, Century Media decided to put out. Anyway, um, so Retribution was produced again by Chris Zeus Harris and Shadows Fall. And 
This time it was released on Everblack Industries, which I believe is their own label or something associated with them. And it was once again recorded at Planet Z in Hadley, Massachusetts. All right, so this album, if, if, you're, if you're looking for a band to mature, I believe they achieved that. But they still kept a lot of their old elements, but were able to move on, to me, make a more melodic album. So the and you may or may not agree with me. So we'll we'll hear what you have to say after I intro these songs. Um, the first song in the album is an acoustic instrumental. It's called "The Path to Imminent Ruin." Um, it's a lot of cool melodic guitar playing on there. Um, you can you can hear the different layers between John and Matt, um, and it immediately goes into my demise. Do you have anything to say about the path to imminent ruin? It's a nice acoustic intro. <laughs> okay, there we go. Next, <laughs> next. <laughs> so, there's not much to say. It's what twenty. Yeah. It's like thirty no, seconds long, or something like that. You know. Yeah, it's good. It, it's fine. Right. You know, it's a, it's a, it's their guitar playing. So I don't right. have it's just a, it's anything negative to say. It's good. <laughs> All right, goes into my demise. My demise. Um, probably my favorite track on the album. Uh, it's just a. a fast brutal song uh has a great groove um that's you know a a good combination between the drum and the drums and the guitar work on it chorus is relatively simple you know it just says my demise and goes right back into the into the uh the verse but then they extend it the second time um so unlike my criticism of testament and the the night of the witch where i think they should have extended the first chorus um in this particular case they didn't so it was just my demise one time and then they went into it again the second time they extended it uh i like that i don't know why i felt so differently about testament i have to kind of go back and listen to night of the witch again maybe i'll feel different it's been a while (laughs) but um anyhow so it's a relatively simple course, but it's it, it's melodic and and it, I like the background chants that go on in there. Song slows down, you know, middle way through about two forty with some clean guitar work, uh, some clean vocals that eventually turn into some shouting growls, and then it goes into some really cool guitar solo work and stuff like that. Uh, I I really really enjoy the song. What what are your thoughts on it? So. Zach Wilde would be proud of the pinch <laughs> harmonics. Um, you know, it's it's not bad for a metalcore sound. Um, clean vocals are honestly better than what was on War Within for the most part. Um, there's, again, they have more of that straightforward sound, none of that whine that you hear out of a lot of metalcore singers. Um, the solo is pretty awesome around the four-minute mark, and I would say the drums have improved a lot. Um yeah, that's. I I have more to say on some of the, some of what you said earlier as we go. I guess. I think okay. I'll hold I'll hold off for now. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, song number three, "Still I Rise." Um, that is to me a really cool song on this album. Uh, it was the lead single, uh, and you can see why. To me, there was a lot of work done on this song. Um, 
it, it felt like it was almost kind of like we're going to make this our make or break song and yet the album didn't break and it was tough um but i i like the song a lot i mean uh it's probably the most accessible song on the album it's got a lot of really good guitar work um it's got some nice leads heading into the main part of the song the chorus is extremely melodic um and to the point where the vocals even hit a higher pitch than you normally hear, especially from this band. Um, but, you know, the, the guitar work on this song is just outstanding. Uh, they really just kind of went for it on this song. But unfortunately, because of, you know, not a lo- not enough promotion behind it, they, this song never really went anywhere and, and neither did the album. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting. You said, you know, like you said, this was the first single. I thought it was interesting that the second was a cover of Bark at the Moon. Which, which is off the bonus. Uh, it's not even off the it's album. A it's a bonus track. It's, it's, it's the deluxe edition of the album. That's weird. But, you know, whatever. Um, so this definitely falls into more of the metalcore framework than, than My Demise does. Um, you know, it features mostly more singing and less harsh vocals on this track. Um, it's not bad. Again... You know, like the, I I really like the solos so far on this album. They sound, you know, this might be one of the best solos that I've heard from either album so far. What I like about the the the, the guitar work on this album, it, it's it's amazing to think that it, it's to me far supersedes what went on during War Within. Mm-hmm. And to think the War Within had some really good guitar work. Yeah, the the guitar work on this album is outstanding. Now the drums and the guitar have improved a lot. It it, it doesn't always. You don't have to enjoy something specifically, like style wise, to recognize that the skill that it has they have has come a long way. Like even though. Some of the stuff is not necessarily my style. What I what I personally enjoy, I can I can appreciate and I can recognize how how skilled they have become in this short of time. They've been playing, you know, so many years, but this is five years difference between when the 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 last album we talked about came out. They've had more time to mesh together as a band, and and the, what I mean is, you know, Brian Fair came in. This uh, War Within, you said, was his second album, so they've had more time with him. And Jason Bittner, uh, no, that was his third album. And it was Jason his third. Bittner, was, this was his second album. Right. So now at this point, uh, they've added two more albums that five years, and there's more experience. They sound better together. The production's better so far. And yeah, there's there's a lot of factors. Like you said, maturity, I would agree. All right, okay. So now the next song, um, song four, is War. Now this is un- this is a really unusual song in that Shadows Fall wrote all the music for this song, but the words were taken from Bob Marley's song War. And uh, it is, I mean, it's, there's nothing other than the lyrics because there's no mel- no melodies taken from from Bob, no anything other than words, and this is a brutal song in my opinion. Um, 
you know, it, it's just a consistent onslaught. The 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 chorus, you know, you know, prepare for war, and then you know, then there's victory, and you have the death growls from the from Matt and John in the background. I mean, this is just a straight up, you know, just in your face brutal, you know, almost like a melodic death metal kind of metalcore song all in one. You know, I it's it's weird. I like it. At the same time, it's just so rough. It's just like, psh, hits you in the face <laughs> as soon as you walk in. So, I'll be honest. Um, I This one did not grab me at all. Like, uh, most of the songs I, I, you know, really did my best to just really analyze and, and, and listen to. Something about this, I just kept getting lost in thought on this particular track. And I had to rewind several times going through it. It just, it never grabbed me. Um, it was very repetitive. And, you know, the drums, again, are great. But that was that was the only thing that really stood out to me on this track. And, and I, I get that completely because it, it is, there's not a lot of um, dynamics to this song. That's, that's a good word to use. Yeah. It is basically just straight onslaught, beginning to end. And that's, that sometimes doesn't necessarily give you a good song. And obviously in this particular case, great lyrics from Bob Marley, but um, it's just a rough song. Uh, then that goes into the next song, which is King of Nothing. Um, now things change. You know, they, they go back into a lot of melody. Uh, they got a melodic intro. They got melodic verses. Uh, it's a really rough chorus. Uh, and then they got some really melodic solos. So the, there's a lot to like to me of for King Nothing or King of Nothing. Excuse me. Yeah, it was a lo- lot of grungier sound for Metallica. Yes, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I it to to me you know they I almost feel like War should have been somewhere towards the end, maybe even last. And from Still I Rise to go in, to go into King of Nothing would probably have been a better choice. But here we are. So, what are your thoughts on King of Nothing? So this this is where, going back to one of your earlier points, I I really disagree. Um, it is that I feel like so far on this album, a lot of what's missing is melody, the and the the riffs. You know, they're, they're I don't like the 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 ideas of on some of the riffs as much. So what I mean by that is I I understand what you're saying where there is there are melodic moments that usually start a song off. <clears throat> excuse me, I was I was losing my voice there. Um, <laughs> there's start a song off. <laughs> <laughs> so there are moments that. They they'll start a song off with a melody and it ties into different parts, but it's almost separate from everything else. Where then it goes into just that kind of chuggy metalcore sound, and it's it's very defined. This is the melodic part. This is the the metalcore part. This is the the singing part, and it's not as as combined or as fluid as the older stuff. And, and what I mean is like the stuff off of of War Within, off of um, uh, uh, one of One Blood, you know, it's it's more 
defined by sections. So what I, what I feel is like there is less melody throughout the songs and then there's just melodic sections. So this is where that really started to sink in was on this track. You know, there's this, there's an underlying riff, but there's this rhythm based sound where the vocal rhythm has, has the accompaniment of the instruments like the the instrument of the song is the vocals so the the you know later vocal melody is kind of the focus but again it's it's the vocals that drive the songs and then you'll get the solo or you'll get a, a riff here or there with there's not there's not like a lot of you know room to breathe behind the vocals there's these complicated get excuse me there's these complicated guitar structures but they're almost drowned out by what's going on with the vocal track so you know the solo's short it's all right i'm i'm not really digging this track but there's there I, i'm there's more that I do find on this album that I did enjoy more but these back to back Warren King of Nothing I I didn't enjoy that much. Okay, that's fair enough. I mean, it it is what it is for you and you know, you've you've stated your case and made your piece. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm trying not to be just overwhelmingly negative or anything like that because, you know, this is a preference thing, but at the same time, you know, I hope, I hope listeners are, are, are recognizing that I'm trying to find the, the good and the bad out of everything. For sure. Um, so the next song is the taste of fear. Um, you got a quiet, clean intro, some melodic guitar, you know, and then the song gets going with a really cool riff. It's got a melodic verse. You got some deathy background vocals that have some, like a little bit of clean pre-chorus on it that's sung in harmony um, with a, a nice melodic chorus. Uh, I like this song a lot. I mean, it's, it, to me, again, it's it's everything that I like about Shadows Falls in this song as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have a different opinion (laughs) (laughs) okay so this is this is going to be one of the last ones that i just really just just did not like at all um the riff at the beginning i agree i really like it um i thought it was i thought it was a great riff um then it goes into kind of what i was saying before but this is this is the biggest culprit on the album where the vocals are just constantly overlaid and you, there's almost never a moment in this song without vocals. So there's no, there's no re- room to breathe for the instruments. And that's, that's fine. That's part of the style of this, this music, but it's, there's something about it that I don't like because what I, what I enjoy, you know, in metal in general is the, there's this kind of back and forth where like, say with Iron Maiden, you have the, the moments where Bruce is singing but then there's also moments where just you just hear the the instruments behind it playing you know there's there's that d- distance between it there's room to breathe there's room to for something else to go on and for you to appreciate different elements of the music there's even moments where you just hear drums for a second and that gives it you know impact but here there's just everything going on all the time and you know the 
I'd say the latter half of the song is is better where there's you know the more the clean vocals and it's it's not as as just like layered and nonstop but like I don't know it just this is again why I say it's not as melodic where it's just it's constant there's just something going on at all seconds and it just feels like like the metalcore version of ADHD yeah, I mean, it, it becomes it becomes too much to handle. I get that completely. Yeah. Um, and and for me, you know, sometimes I recognize that, sometimes I don't, and sometimes it works for me, and sometimes it doesn't. Um, in this there are songs that that works for me, but this on this particular one, it just didn't. Right. See, for you, it doesn't work for me. It's okay. You know, mm-hmm. I like the song, so um, it, it's just it's just one of those things. I I get it because. You know, like like we said, sometimes those things can just be overwhelming. You know, uh, orally when you know the a u r song of word. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, um, when you when you're listening to some, sometimes it can be just overwhelming. You know, uh, visually. You know, and and and. Just it's the, overstimulating. The, yeah, this, that's it. Stimulating the stimulation of the song is just too much sometimes. I get that completely. Um, so the next song is "Embrace Annihilation." Um, there's to me, there's a lot of different metalcore elements that are going on in this song. You know, you got clean vocals, you got the start and stop guitars, you got the dirty vocals, you got the death growls. Um, but at the same time, you get a lot of melody. Um, I like the chorus on this song. It's very cool. I like the whole part when they say, welcome to the apocalypse. I think that's a pretty cool part of the song. Uh, and you got some really good harmony guitar solos. So uh, th- to me, I could see where there's a change from the previous songs into this song. And and it, for me, it sounds like it's getting better. Agreed. Um, so it's odd to me that at this point I've started to enjoy the clean vocal sections more than the harsh vocals. <laughs> and, and, and well, I mean, just from, yeah, you know, I, and I enjoy a lot of different music. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I like uh, metal primarily. And there are some days where that's all I want to hear, but there's, there are times where I like, you know, I like other stuff. Like I, I enjoy, you know, bands like Heart and the Eagles and, you know, g- different genres of music, too. So it's not like I, all I do is listen to death metal, um, but it is it is my preferred music for, for the most part. So have you, have you heard um, Mark Tremonti and him doing Frank Sinatra? I have not heard that yet. I saw that it happened. Yeah, I got to I got to hear that. Cause... I'm not going to judge it until I hear it. So <laughs> there you go. Maybe we can talk about it in the next few weeks. Yeah. But, um, so, again, like I said, I, I started, I've actually, on these particular albums, I've started to enjoy the clean vocals more than the harsh vocals. Um, there's more melody in this song, in this period, than what we've heard in the last few tracks. And I really like the guitar riff and the acoustic parts. I think, it, overall, this is a really good track. Yeah, it's it's one one that I like. Um, I, I realize I liked it a lot more now that I've heard it again than I did the first time. Um, so moving on to the next song, it's a, a picture perfect. Um, something that's beginning to you know uh, 
become a, a, a regular occurrence is uh, acoustic intros for them. And in this song, they have an acoustic intro that has got a little bit of an electric solo into it. Um, but then the song goes into some clean vocals with Brian. And, it, and Brian, in this particular case, is singing in his natural register well, excuse me, in his natural voice, but a slightly higher register. So it's unlike um, Inspiration on Demand, where he just seemed like he didn't know how to sing. This is a lot better. Uh, he's singing a little bit higher, in, but it sounds like he actually knows how to sing. So uh, that uh, is nice about that part. Um, you know, and it's got a melodic chorus that's re- sung relatively clean, you know, and of course, some more melodic solos. So... What's uh, what's your take? Yeah, so you said he like it sounds like he knows how to sing, whereas it doesn't. That's why I I well I I mean I recognized when we were talking about that other track, um, I can't remember which one it was, where it sounded like he was out of tune. That Inspiration was the, on demand. That's right. Okay, so um, you know I um, I recognize that that was intentional, but here it's more apparent that he has he has. Like I said, dimension to his voice. He he can sing very well, and so it's not you know it's not just the the kind of yelling sound. It, he has he has a, a, a multi dimensional voice, um, you know. And it's to me one of the more enjoyable album sorry songs on the album, and you know it's got a nice solo, and you said it, it had that kind of acoustic part that ties into some of the other songs it ties into embrace annihilation it ties into uh the path of imminent ruin and it it even into the the final track which we're going to get to so there's some some cohesiveness to this album throughout right exactly um so before we get to the end though we do have a public execution to go through oh <laughs> shit <laughs> um there's a, a there's a lot of riffing going on at the beginning of this song, um, and there's a lot of interplay with the vocals as well as the background gang vocals and the and the deathy parts. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, it's a quick song. It's a it's a, it's a speedy kind of song. Um, when I first heard this song, I actually was watching a video of them doing it live at a at a in concert, and it wasn't. It did not grab me at all. It was, I thought it was just a lot of noise. The, when I listened to this version of it, um, a little bit better. You know, the, the the chorus is a lot more melodic than I gave it credit for. Um, but at the same time, this is just one that doesn't do it for me. Um, but it's not. A, it's not. A, I mean, it's better than some of the other songs that are there. Yeah, I, I agree. It's you know, it's kind of fun. You know, it's uh, one of those call and response style songs. It was clearly written for that purpose. Um, I'm not a big fan of that style, but you know, it's it's one of those kind of concert songs where they can say something and the audience can chant back, and you know, it's another. You know, it's got another solid solo. I'm fine with it. It's better than you know some of the other ones that I I didn't like more, but it it's mostly filler right right. okay i get that and then uh the final track of the album which we already mentioned is dead and gone has an acoustic intro which ties into the other songs um this is definitely the last song on the album 
but it's not a bad song. This is, I, I actually think this is a pretty good song. Um, it's relatively straightforward in metal, in my opinion. Um, and, and so it, it just kind of goes for it at the end, and, and it, it, it's, it's the closer. I mean, I like the song. It's got a lot of good elements throughout the song. I, I think that's a good way to put it. It feels like a closing song. Um, I have been to a couple metalcore shows, surprisingly. Uh, one of my former co-workers was a metalcore singer, and uh, I've mentioned my friend George. Uh, we went to uh, hit one of his concerts, which had some some metalcore bands that I, I can't remember their names, but they've, they've kind of made their way in the industry. So, um, you know, I've seen this stuff before, and this felt like a lot of the songs that bands would close their concert on. Um you know, like I said, it ties into Picture Perfect. It ties into the Path of Imminent Ruin. It's got that that uh, that uh, acoustic guitar theme that's going through it, and it's not bad. It, it feels like um, you know, it it feels like the end of the album, and there's a certain vibe to album closers that all good albums have that that it feels like things are wrapping up but uh it's not like the 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 track that you put on your as your single but at the same time it's enjoyable it's a fun it's a fun song you know i guess it's the best way to put it yeah exactly i mean it's an album closer and it does it does the job it's supposed to do and it kind of it leaves a good taste in your mouth it leaves a good thought on the album for you it, it doesn't end on a thud so that's the good part about it yes um so for me this album uh it has its ups and downs um i th- i think the f- the first couple songs are really really good um and i think in the middle it kind of gets lost and then i think the end um it really picks up and, and brings it back around and says hey you know we're still here we're still we're still pretty good so um, so there's definitely some ups and downs on Can this you imagine album. they're on the stage, hey, we're here, we're still pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what what are, what are your thoughts on this album? Uh, I mean, it's it's a little more metalcore than than I really enjoy, but I would agree with your assessment. The beginning is is pretty strong. The middle, I I didn't like at all, and and I guess I can see where somebody might enjoy that stuff, but. I I got to think that there's there's a lot of the same kind of mentality out there where the this the songs at the beginning the songs at the end are just much stronger than what's in the middle. Um so yeah, I mean it was it was better than I thought I would be able to get through it, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be generous. Um it's they're a very talented band. They're very skilled at playing, and they've only gotten better. The production is better, like I said. The the songwriting's more mature. Um, the lyrical content, I did not pay as much attention to on this album, so I can't really go into in-depth. I, I definitely paid more attention to it on the first album that we talked about, but... Um, I could I could feel that feeling of like the the band had kind of come into their own here. So, I would say 
it, from a production and maturity of player standpoint, it's it's pretty strong comparatively. Okay, uh, I, I see that. I mean, it's it's one of those funny funny things with this um with this album that you know it, it was strong for me. I thought I really thoroughly enjoy it, but it's just strange. It, it it's sad to me that they were not able to get to that next level. It is, it is to me as well, because I would say this band is better than some of the, the ones that have really made it. It's sometimes just a matter of timing. I think they're a little bit ahead of their time in their genre. And then by the time they... Like, they inspired a lot of what would become Metalcore, and then bands took off on that, and then they were coming behind almost in, in a natural... Uh, progression and they were behind bands that were doing the same thing that they inspired so it just didn't kind of work out for them in the same way that other bands that in the same vein were doing you know right and and uh, to me you know maybe maybe I'll, I'll rant about this next week but this is one of those things where having the right management having the right people at the record company make a huge amount of difference Okay, mm-hmm. because quite honestly, and and I, I'm not trying to take a shot at this band. I don't see personally how it is that Lamb of God is as big as they are. I just don't, because I as I, I think I think Shadows Fall to me are relatively on par. You know, in some cases better, some cases not so much, but. You know, it, it it goes to show you. You know, they. You know, uh, Lamb of God got signed to Epic Records, and Epic Records knows what to do with 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 extreme music. They have the resources and they have the people that do it. Atlantic didn't, and then when you're in independence, you have only so so many limited resources, and those are the types of things that really affect the growth of a band. Yeah, and and so. You know, I was astonished the, the the day that I went to see Anthrax and Lamb of God that Anthrax, you know, maybe at, at this place filled up maybe half to three quarters of the place and Lamb of God comes on and the whole place, you know, just packs in standing room only. And I was just like, really? When did this happen? You know, and with what song? Because, yeah, they had Redneck, and that was a big song for them, and they had a big video for it. But really, you know, one song is not going to do that. I mean, in some cases it does. But, you know, in, in this genre, it's not. it doesn't always work that way. And it was just really weird because Redneck had already been out for several years by the time Anthrax and, and Lamb of God toured together. So it was just really strange to me. I... I, I and I could be completely wrong and misreading something, but that's you know the way I feel about it, and that's the way that I interpreted what I saw. So it's just really strange to me. Um, but it's unfortunate for Shadows Fall, but they're they're getting back together, and at least the the the, the guys in the band are in su- relatively successful bands themselves now. Not necessarily huge, you know. Uh, Bittner's with Overkill, John Denies with with Anthrax. And so forth. So, 
All right. Well, that brings us to which album we think is better than the other one. Um, why don't you go ahead and go first? So I want to hear what you have to say. So for me personally, um, I like the more melodic elements off of War Within or The War Within. Um, I like that there's still some of that tinge of death metal from leftover from their early career. I like the rawness of what they're doing. There's a lot of good ideas. It's not as as um, defined in some ways as as clearly in the metalcore genre. And I just overall enjoyed some of the songs better on The War Within, so that's the one that I'm going with. Okay, I, I can see that. So after doing this exercise and listening to both albums back-to-back and, and very close to each other, um, I originally thought, without a doubt, that it was going to be um, Retribution. And then I listened to War Within again, and I'm like, man, there's some really lot of good elements on this album that I really, really, really enjoy. Um, and so, <clears throat> much like you had last week with with King Diamond, uh, you had the albums really close to each other. Like, you know, one's an eight point three compared to the eight point two or eight point zero for the other one. I think for me, these are that close. Um, and you know. Yes, there's that lull um, in in the album for for retribution where there's some songs on there that just don't don't do it for me, but there's a couple of songs like that really on on the War Within as well for me. So, um, but I think overall when I when I listen to everything, uh, I break down the production on both of them, and, and you mentioned that you like the, the the production was was better on retribution. I think both albums sound great. Um, Zeus is an excellent producer. He's an excellent engineer, and he's an excellent mixer. Um, so, I, in the end, I'm going to have to give the, the edge to the War Within as well, um, just because I think as a complete unit, I think it does better than Retribution. Although there's elements about Retribution I like better. Okay, I'm I'm a little surprised. I know, I know. You thought that I was going to go with uh, with retribution. There's because, like I said, there's elements I like a lot better. But as a as a whole, you have to look at the whole thing as a whole. The whole thing as a whole. Really? Yeah. You can't look at the whole thing as not a whole because then that's not the whole thing. It's <laughs> <That's> fair. <laughs> so, anyway, um, all right. So that brings us to tonight's big four, which of course is big four shadows fall songs. Um, you get to go first again because I want to hear what you have to say. Okay. Uh, so my number four is Ghost of Past Failures off of The War Within. I mentioned it earlier. For all the reasons that we talked about earlier, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a, a good track. Um, my number three is Of One Blood off of Of One Blood. Um, go figure. Um, they, you know, still retained some of their death metal sound, and this opening solo was just really awesome. Uh, it's a good main riff too, and I like the bo- the vocals a little bit more on this particular album. I think, uh, you know, it, he they were still trying to do some of that death metal stuff, and his voice sounds really good on the album. Uh, my number two is "To Ashes" off of "Somber Somber Eyes to the Sky." 
Uh, I like the lo-fi sound that they went for on the album. Um, you know, it's it's different vocals. It's uh, Phil Labonte uh, from uh, All That Remains. I'm not super familiar with All That Remains, and I know it sounds different. But, uh, uh, yeah, I liked the harsher death vocals on the first album. And the overall melodic death metal sound is pretty great. Yeah, they, you know, are an American band that picked up on a lot of the melodic death metal stuff and did did a good job with it. Um, and my number one is Pure off of Somber Eyes to the Sky. Uh, I love the jazzy drumming. It's it's such a cool riff, and the vocals are great on the track. Um, they, I I have actually. I've heard this song before and I was like, Oh, I, I didn't realize this was shadows fall. I, I actually listened to a bunch of, of songs, not just from the first couple albums. Um, but this was the stuff that resonated with me more. And I did give a lot of stuff a chance, but these were the four that I felt were the best to me. Sounds pretty interesting. Um, for one of the few times we have zero crossover, um, that does not surprise me. <laughs> so the song that I was that I was talking about before that I liked from the older albums is the song "Thoughts Without Words" and "Destroyer of Senses" from the Art of Balance. Um, those two songs I've heard several times, and that's what I was thinking of. I it, I was incorrect when I said uh, "Of One Blood," although mm. I have heard it. It wasn't the song I was I was thinking of. So. Um, that's a correction there. Um, I am not as much of a fan of the older stuff as you have um, shown to be. In that. And, I, and I get that because it is more deathy. So it is more within your uh, playbook. So my big four Shadows Fall songs are as follows. Number four, The Light That Blinds from The War Within. Um it's just, I don't know, I, I like a lot of the elements of the songs, uh, of the song, excuse me. I, I like a lot of the things that are going on. Um, you know, after watching Jason Bittner play through the song and, and teaching the song, uh, and teaching his drum track, really, I thought that was pretty cool. So I, I really enjoy um, The Light That Blinds. Number three, um, from Fallout from the War, the song In Effigy. Um, I think it's got a really cool riff uh, at the beginning. And it, it, to me, it's probably the best of the, all the songs that are left over um, from The War Within. Uh, it could have easily have been on The War Within and probably done really well. But I, I can see where it doesn't necessarily fit as well. There's, there's, a, there's a contrast to that. Uh, number two is uh, Redemption, the, the lead song off of Threads of Life. Again, another song that just stands out from the rest of them, um, be it because it's got a really killer riff or or some really good good guitar work. But it's the lead, the first song on the album, much like in Effigy, much like the Light That Blinds. All three of those are the first songs off the albums. And so, uh, continuing that trend, my number one song is My Demise off of Retribution, uh, which is. For for what it's worth, the path of imminent ruin is is technically the first track, but the first full, uh, fully yeah, uh, realized yeah, song is is my demise. Um, I just really love that song. Uh, 
you know, it when I when I hear that part where you know, he goes, my demise, I love that part, and I just you know I get all vocally and ugly faced on it. So <laughs> it's, it's that's my big four for tonight. All right. So you uh you you surprised me by by picking two songs of, off of Somber Eyes, but I guess I can understand why because that's uh, that's more in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely something more along the lines of what I typically listen to. And and pure is a good song. Like it just, it listen to the drumming on it. It's very jazzy. Um, you know, in the, in the vein of some of the stuff like, um, cynic in a way, you know, at moments, I'm not comparing them to exactly, you know, Sean Reinert was a, a whole different, um, you know, drummer than really anybody out there but at the same time i can hear that like jazziness of the style which i really enjoyed so definitely check that one if you if you don't remember it but um yeah i i just kind of resonated more with the earlier stuff even though i did give a lot of it a chance i just it didn't appeal to me in the same way and you know i I would hope that makes sense (laughs) no that definitely does so thanks for bearing with me for this for this episode as far as you know putting these two albums head to head with each other because I know this is not your wheelhouse. So Well, I mean, like I've said in the past that, that anytime we do this is a chance to find something new and different that you may not have necessarily liked before and there were bands that, you know, I gave more of a chance and now I am a fan. So you never know what's going to happen. If you're listening to music, keep your heart and your ears open and give things a try. Sounds good. Well, that's our big four Shadows Fall songs for tonight. And that's the end of tonight's episode. If you want to hear more from us, remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to leave us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you catch us on YouTube, be sure to leave us a comment. Or if you can, send us an email to debatingmetal at gmail.com. If you use Spotify, be sure to check out our playlist from all our greatest hits episodes. And uh, I have I, something to say I need about to that. say something. I, I, well, the, here's <laughs> the thing. Um, I, I asked Matt tonight if he could see the playlist. And apparently, nobody can see the playlist. So I'm a little pissed about that. Um, that's weird okay yeah so i because there's a little button when you when you go into the three dots it says make private well none of them say anything about being private so i need to figure out what's going on with that so that i can then get all these public again and that might be why no one has liked any of the playlists so all right we move on it's good to find out yeah. So remember to tune into the next episode where we spark up another exciting metal debate. On behalf of Kenneth and myself, stay safe and remember, always turn it up to 11. See ya.